I'm a savage. Yeah. Classy, bougie, ratchet. What's up, Savage Boss Babes and Dudes? It's Diana inside the Savage Studio once again. Please, please remember to share this following episode that we're about to record and make sure to subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so, the Savage Podcast. This episode is going to be awesome. I'm so excited to finally get these ladies inside the studio to share about this awesome club that they have, and they're going to give us more details. So please welcome Chrissy Stragisher. 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 I yes. got it. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> and Trisha Lindsay. Thank you so much, ladies, for being with us. Yes. Thank you for yes. having us. This is an awesome studio, girl. I'm excited. I keep talking about it, but it's dope. <laughs> it's dope. I'm here for it. Yeah. Nice. It looks really good. We're pumped to be here. So thank you for having nice. us. Nice. I'm not sure exactly how we started following each other or how we, I don't know if you guys followed us or, or if we followed you, but as soon as I started, and, and total disclaimer, I have been stalking your pages Perfect. just because that's how I get... Like, you know, really that's that, how yeah. I prep for my for my interviews. <laughs> yes, we all yes. tend to do the stalking as well. Yeah. <laughs> but Likewise. I just think your concept is so cool. It's so awesome. And I'm really excited to hear like the whole backstory of how it came to be. So please introduce yourselves and let us know where you where, you, where are you guys from? Awesome. So I'm Chrissy and I'm from near Cleveland, Ohio. I'd like to say Cleveland, but Trish likes to point out I'm not actually from Cleveland. I'm but like, girl, you from the suburbs, okay? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I am. But if I say men are Ohio, no one typically yeah. knows where that is. So I tend to claim uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. I know Ohio, how that is so. because I'm I'm originally from Oregon. But I'm from like an itty bitty little town exactly. in the middle of the state yes. where if I say the name, people are not going to know. So I'm like, I always say, oh, Portland. I'm from Portland. Because exactly. yeah, that's like what people you can relate to. So I can totally relate Thank to you. you. <laughs> Thank you. She's like, you are not from Cleveland. Stop telling people Stop that. Stop lying. I like how y'all just ganged up on me. We sure did. <laughs> we sure did. Well, my name is Trisha and I'm from Okinawa, Japan. So military background. Parents are, you know, my dad was military. My mom's Japanese. And here I am. Here you are. Here I am. <laughs> so what, how did you guys end up in San Antonio? So right out of college, I got an internship with the WNBA team that was based here, uh, gosh, probably seven years ago now. Um, so I got an internship and then parlayed it into a, a job. I had a short stint out in Brooklyn, New York, and then moved back to San Antonio back in 2011 and have been here ever since. Do you miss back home? I don't. No? I do not. <laughs> really? <laughs> I do not. I knew, see, when I grew up, I always played basketball. And okay. I knew that I wanted to, at that time, be a basketball coach. And I realized that coaching was probably going to take me far away from home. I was never a fan of the winter. And I really, honestly, Diana was just counting down the days until I could get to warmer <laughs> weather. And God sure blessed me with San Antonio. He sent me back to do that, that stint in New York. And gosh, the snow one year that I was there was up to my thigh, mid-thigh. I was like, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. He said, don't worry. Sending you back to San Antonio. <laughs> and it's funny because people say to me when it gets cold here, and I'm like, oh, I'm so cold. And they're like, well, aren't you from Ohio? <laughs> yes. And there's a reason why I left. <laughs> And back. I'm not going back. That's hilarious. We're, so, we're, we're I don't miss it. I can already tell we're totally going to be relatable because I, uh, we're definitely small town girls with big city dreams. Yes. Ooh, I yes. mean, that, that's why I left back home. And not, on the contrary, though, I do kind of miss it because I, I'm used to four season weather. Mm -hmm. So that's sure. been one of the things that's so hard for me to adapt in the like over 10 years or something that I've been here in San Antonio is like the extreme heat. I'm just, I, cause it gets hot over there where I'm from, but oh, yeah. then you get your breaks, you know, sure. you get your spring, your fall and your winter. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's I don't, a little too hot. Yeah, I don't, it's a little too hot over here. I don't, I don't miss that. In fact, like the, the winter we just had, that was a little too cold for me. Really? Yeah. I would appreciate if it was 75, oh, 80 God. year round. Like 75 is the low. Yeah, I'm literally 95. like, Chrissy, you need to go outside and tan, girl, because you're looking a little pale. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. She's the one that keeps you, you in check, right? She sure does. Hey, this is why it works. This is why we function very well. I can't stand you. I can't stand So what was it growing up in Japan? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So I definitely grew up with more... So I can speak Japanese and everything. So most of my family is actually in Japan still. So just like that culture shock, honestly, just moving to the States is why I even came to San Antonio because I was like, you know what? Like 
life in Japan is really great, but being in the military, like you can get very complacent there. The weather is great, and you know, just the day to day life was just something that wasn't. I just wanted more, and I was young. So when I moved here, I was like 20, about to turn You're 21. Still young. I am. Um, <laughs> um, I was turning 21, and I'm like, you know what? I just want to change, and I want to just venture out and learn more about myself. And I felt like I didn't have that chance in Japan just because everything was just so, it was too good, honestly. And where I'm from is kind of similar to Hawaii. So a lot of people are like, why did you move? And I'm like, girl, I just wanted to live the American dream, the white picket fence. <laughs> like, and then I moved here. I was like, oh God, this is different. But I've been here for almost six years now and I love it. Like starting my own business, starting our business together has just been so awesome because I wouldn't have met nearly half the women I've met in my life if it wasn't for the big move. So from Japan, you moved straight to San Antonio? Mm -hmm. You've never been anywhere else? I've actually lived in California too. So oh, okay. My dad was in the military, so we did travel to California. I was there probably middle school to like high school. So I did get to, you know, be in America, but that was definitely once I came back my senior year in Japan, it was just... I was like, ooh, I miss Cali. I like the American lifestyle. There was some, I still love Japan, don't get me wrong, but there was just a part of me that was like, I'm yearning for more. Like I wanna be able to stretch more, grow more. And I feel like I wasn't around a lot of business people. I didn't have a lot of that growing up, knowing you know, women entrepreneurs and stuff like that. It wasn't until I moved here that I started to be in connection with other like-minded women and stuff like that. So I was just, Girl, I just had a dip. I was like, yeah. if I had if yeah. I had something to cue, I would have cued um, Dixie Chicks wide open spaces right now. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> That's like the yes. vibes that yes. I was getting from you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I still love it. And if I feel like if you're, you know, raising children, you you know, and stuff like that, I would definitely want to go back to Japan. Don't get me wrong. I love I love my country. I love mm -hmm. everything that it does. There's so many perks that I love about Japan. But in terms of just like growing for me personally, in terms of like business and all that stuff, I felt like America was where it was at. I thought you were going to say coming to America. Coming and I was to really America, excited. fresh off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand y'all. <laughs> so you come to San Antonio for this internship. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Oh my gosh, it was a dream come true. Like I said, I thought I was going to be a college basketball coach and all of a sudden this opportunity came my way. The head coach at the time, Dan Hughes, was an alumnus of the school that I had gone to in Ohio. And when I was about ready to graduate, the career services director was like, hey, pretty sure that Dan Hughes said if there was ever anyone worthy of coming down, he'd hire him as a intern. So visas really just fell into place. I stood on the quad, graduated, and then my dad and I got in the car and drove to San Antonio. I knew the head coach and the PR director through phone calls, and that was it. My dad said when he dropped me off, he went back to the hotel room and cried because it's like, I can't believe that I'm leaving my girl in this city knowing no one, but it turned out to be the, the very best thing for me. I got to learn that first year. Um, the second year, they hired me on as a video coordinator and uh, player operations, and it was it was just incredible. It was like a crash course in basketball education and I just absolutely loved it it was so fun and we we're part of the Spurs organization so you got some of those perks of getting to interact with with that side it was just really neat it's really cool being there and going through that experience what made you want to continue or what what was it about the internship that you were like yeah this is where I belong it just felt like the right fit. I yeah. have loved basketball my whole life. I like to say that it's my first love, just like the, the girl in love and basketball. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh at that. I love that movie, by the way. That's oh my, my God, favorite movie. Yes. It's like, thank you. For real. Thank that's you. my favorite that's movie such ever. A good movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that was me, like, carrying my basketball around, like, eating, sleeping, dreaming it. And. I knew that the internship would help me get a, a good coaching job, and it, it did. I got a Division One assistant position probably well, after those first two seasons. So I moved out to New York, and I coached a couple years. And then uh, Dan Hughes called me at the end of my second season. He said, hey, I know you've gotten into doing some strength and conditioning. I want to hire you to be strength and conditioning coach, video coordinator, and basketball ops again, and I want you to come back. And I was like, yeah, let me get out of this cold. <laughs> was your dream always to be a coach or did you, did you at any point want to be a player? 
Oh, I wanted to be a player girl. Don't get me wrong, but I'm vertically five, challenged. Five, <laughs> <laughs> uh, girl, I like to say I'm five two with shoes on, so that I don't have to reveal that I'm actually five one. Five two with the shoes on. Yeah, so I was short. I was slow, and it just wasn't the best combination. Okay. To, to be a so player. coaching was the next best fit. Coaching was the next best <laughs> fit. Yeah, and I was a point guard, so I always thought the game. I understood the the plays, the concepts, how to motivate my teammates, and that all fell in hand with with coaching really well. But I had really always had a love for weight training. At the same time, my dad taught me how to lift down in our basement when I was probably in like sixth grade. Other girls were playing with their Barbies, and my dad was teaching me how to bench press in the in the basement. And it just it seemed to to make sense. I liked the basketball side of things. But then when I got really exposed to the strength and conditioning and I thought I can marry these two loves, it just really made sense. So once I came back, I was the strength and conditioning coach for the team for seven years. And then probably about five years ago, the Spurs Sports and Entertainment sold the team to Las Vegas. And and then I went a different route after that. That was a really difficult time in my life in really like a, a six month span. I had lost my job with the team effectively. Uh, they said that they would help me look for other teams that might need a strength and conditioning coach, but but there was nothing. So that that part of my life was taken away, and I had been married, and then I started to go through a divorce. So I really found myself like at a at a crossroads. What I had loved to do, my identity was taken away from me professionally, and then where I thought my life was going in a direction personally was also spun on its its head. So. It's interesting because that even kind of circles into the the adventure company that, that Trish and I ended up creating together. But I think I really found myself at a point where I was lost. I was confused. I didn't really know where to, to turn. And I think in those moments, I had to stop and ask myself, aside from those roles, those responsibilities, what what did I really love to do? Like I had to go back and try to define myself again. And that was where the adventure came in. I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, when I actually had time, I like to go kayaking. Oh yeah, when I was by myself, I really liked to go hiking. And in starting to do all those things again, I was able to, to find myself and become this version of myself that I always had been, but had just gotten a little lost along the way. Yeah. And not that I like to dwell on the bad stuff, sure. but I do like to get into a little bit more specifics of what were you feeling during this time that, that this was happening? Because there's a lot of people who might be listening, who might be going through oh a, a gosh, similar yeah. situation. I mean, I've gone through a situation like that too, and it's depression, anxiety. There's a lot of things that people go through and experience. And, and I, what I want is I want you to be able to share the how, the, okay, yeah, I went through this, but how did I, how did you get out of it? How did you make it through? You know, it was a time period of really going within And I think that's the hardest thing for people. Sometimes a catastrophic event happens in their life and they look outward for the confirmation that they are worthy or they look outward for the validation that everything's going to be okay. And I think for me, I I did the opposite. Sure, of course, I had people that I leaned on for a support system, but I knew that I had to go within and I had to take a look at myself and figure out what I had done well in those circumstances, what had just happened to me and what things I was responsible for. Mm. So I really had to roll up my sleeves and and do the dirty work. It was funny. I had a, a friend at the time, an acquaintance really, don't want to call her a, a friend because we weren't on that level, but I think that helped. And I say that because I think sometimes when we try to go deep with people that know us really well, they try to tell us who we are instead of letting us figure out who we are and and then tell them. So this acquaintance had said, hey, I got the questions from Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within book. I'm going to do them. And I was like, great, send them to me. I want to do them too. And I think that was really part of the process of looking at myself and figuring out what did I want to keep in my life? What did I no longer want? What was I no longer willing to tolerate? And figure out at a time where I felt like I had wide open spaces, what I wanted this blank canvas to become. And I answered those questions. She and I shared them and and spoke deeper. There were lots of tears. I went back to journaling. Gosh, I used to journal as a little girl all the time. But it was something that I had 
stopped doing. And I started to look at myself. I started to remember what I loved and, and what made me happy. And I found a way to incorporate those things in my life again, whether they were as simple as making time to go for a walk with my dog or listening to worship music and, and just singing all of those things that made me who I was that I had gotten away from. I slowly started to reintegrate them into my life, but that only happened because I was willing to go within and, and look at me. Did at any point, did you ever feel like blaming yourself for what, what had happened or blaming somebody else or even blaming God for allowing whatever, you know, the situation that had happened to happen to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think sometimes when we're in something, it's so hard to objectively evaluate it. And it's oftentimes not until we get out or we're on the other side where we can realize, oh yeah, I might've played a part in that. Or, oh yeah, I can see how some of the things where I said, oh no, absolutely not. Where at a distance I could see, oh, okay. Yeah, I can, I can see how that makes sense. And I can still justify why I acted that way. And I still have my reasons for maybe behaving that way. But there's an understanding, I think, that that comes when you're a bit further away from it. So I think that I definitely had my moments of blaming everybody and, and everything. But I also think that it takes a lot of courage to stand up and say, okay, I own my part in this or... I understand that A and B were out of my control, but now what do I do next? And how do I move forward? And how do I work on myself so that by the time the next work situation comes around or the next relationship comes around, that I can be better than I, I was before? And you, you mentioned journaling and, and just uh, reflection in itself, uh, helping you make it through that situation. But what, what else? I mean, did you, uh, maybe people that moved into your life or did your support system grow in any way? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's ironic that you, you bring that up because, uh, this past weekend, two of my best guy friends got married and they were two men that I had met during that season of my, my life. Um, so it was really cool to go to their wedding this weekend and Trish was their photographer. So I got a bit more of an intimate look because of that. But I think prior to that, I had been in a spot where I was friends with what I considered my circle, but I still really wasn't in the circle. And it's, it's funny. It reminds me a lot of, of mean girls and that quote where Gretchen is trying to be within the, the circle with Regina and Katie Heron says this line, like Gretchen knew it was better to be in the plastics, hating her life than it was to be out of it. And I love to quote mean girls. Cause that's another favorite movie up there with, with love and basketball. <laughs> But, wow. but I think it's, <laughs> Hey, no judgment. Wow. Yeah. No, no judgment. judgment zone. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> but I, but I think a lot of times that's really true where women in particular get into friendship groups because it feels safe. It feels comfortable. They might not be totally satisfied, but at least there's something, at least they're friends with somebody. At least someone will ask them to go to the 4th of July party, or at least mm -hmm. someone will say, come on, let's go on vacation. So even though I wasn't incredibly fulfilled by those relationships, it felt better than not having any at all. But I think what I came to realize was that maybe the opposite was true. It was better to be out looking for people that would totally fill my cup than be in a situation where I didn't really feel wanted or I felt like I got asked to come around, but, but at a price. Like, hey, come over. We haven't seen you. By the way, can you help us upload these photos? It was like, uh, when, when the relationships kind of continge on acts of, I don't want to call them service, but like favors, like I'm going to invite you over, but I want you to do this. I don't feel like it's a really true and genuine friendship. So meeting the boys was really one of the first times in my adult life after college where I felt like I had people who were there for me unconditionally. Genuinely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Hey, Chrissy, what are you doing? Come over. Hey, Chrissy, we want you to spend Easter with us. Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And it felt like a true, genuine friendship. And that was beautiful. So I think letting go of that idea of, hey, I have to be with some of these people because I've known them for a while and they even walk through some stuff with me. And I appreciate that, but I don't know that that always means that we have to keep people in our life forever. And I was able to find a new support system where I really felt 
validated, seen, heard, acknowledged on a regular basis. And that was everything for me, especially at that moment in time where I really needed that. When did it click of, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do what's next. I think when I transitioned out of working for the stars, I ended up at Orange Theory Fitness for a while, which was a, a great home. I was a fitness coach over How there. How cool. Yeah, it was so much fun. I met so many great people. I met the the boys there that I was just talking about and a bunch of other really great friends, mentors, leaders. And in fact, one of the um, people on the management side of Orange Theory helped me start my my first business, which is Strikes Performance Training. It's a basketball strength and conditioning business for, for kids. And it's also developed into coaching adults as well to women who are looking for just general, general fitness gains and being able to do those two things concurrently just felt great. I could get up, do orange theory in the morning and then work on my strength and conditioning business in the evening. And, uh, Trish and I had, had met, I had moved to a different orange theory and we had started working together. And as the pandemic hit, I felt like I just wanted to, to go in a different direction. And I think, to answer your question, when I walked away from Orange Theory and I just had my own business, that was a point in my life where I think I felt, okay, I'm doing what I want to do. I don't have a boss other than myself. This is it. This is go time. And I think that's really where I started to feel aligned and that everything was firing on all cylinders for me. So Trish, you were at Orange Theory too. Mm-hmm. How, yes. did, how, did you, how did you get there? So I went to Orange Theory and I was basically working the front desk, selling memberships. And it was actually funny because Chrissy ended up moving to our studio and we just kind of hit it off in terms of just like she would be, you know, coaching um, the client and I would be, you know, trying to sell this person. And it was just kind of like a duo. It was a tag team. And so um, within, you know, being in Orange Theory, we just kind of connected on just like, you know, coworkers, we were good friends and stuff like that. And, um, I actually went into the fitness industry just because I was just like, I liked being around that type of energy, right? There's people who are coming in and even though they have chaos in their lives just for an hour, they go in, they hustle, they grind it out. And it was just super inspiring. So I got really moved into that. I didn't necessarily want to coach, but I'm a people person. So I was like, I will sell memberships. I will sell this. And it was just a really awesome duo because I use my skill sets and just customer service. And obviously Chrissy with her background being in, you know, the fitness industry, we just kind of, you know, working together was just always so awesome. And it was just so funny because I'm like, Chrissy was talking about something. I think we're talking about books. And from there, I was just like, oh, you're kind of dope. Like you, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, wait, and you're halfway there because you're kind of, she still hadn't like, it wasn't fulfilled. You still had work to do. There was a lot of work to do. Get out of here. No, but we, we connected on that. And it was just funny because for me, like Chrissy is, is a little bit older than I am. Um, but for me being in my twenties, like I had friends, but I didn't have friends that liked personal development. I didn't have friends that necessarily wanted to have deep conversations. Like she said, I had a lot of lukewarm friends, if you want to call it that. And so in the same way that she was actually having, you know, those struggles with her inner circle, I was kind of having that push and pull with my inner circle too. So it was actually funny because whenever we were working together and she had mentioned she liked books and I was like, Oh, like. I listen to podcasts. Do you listen to podcasts? And we we're just like sharing that. And it was really cool because then obviously that kind of, you know, helped our relationship grow into what it is today. But with that, that's, I feel like how Strag's Adventure kind of came to life. We're mm-hmm. like, if there's people like you and I that kind of struggled with friendships, right? Struggled with knowing like, you know, is there anybody out there that likes to do, you know, kayaking? Is there anybody else who likes personal development? Like if we're like that, there's definitely people out there that want that type of connection too. That's not lukewarm. That can actually embrace, you know, discomfort. You know, I think a lot of times we kind of stray away from like, oh, like as much as I want to, you know, have those meaningful conversations, like it's too hard to be vulnerable, you know, but with Mm. Chrissy, it was really awesome to be able to be like, hey, you know, even though we're coworkers, like this is what's going through my life right now. And it really freaking sucks. And she'll be like, hey, I have this Miles Monroe CD it's so awesome. And I put it in my car and I was listening to it. And I'm like, you know what? Iron sharpens iron. And mm-hmm. I love to say that because I'm like, God definitely helped me in that season when she handed that CD to me. And I'm like, this is what friendships are about. You know, you know, somebody else is struggling through something. But like, even though it's difficult, they can hand you something, whether it's a book, 
whether it's just a motivational podcast or whatever it is and just be like, hey, even though we're not, you know, doing some crazy things, like here's something tangible that you can use to like better yourself. And so I always thank you for being my friend in that season. Obviously now we're in a relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're in a relationship. (laughs) And and you know what, you guys, you totally just answered what my next question was going to be because I was going to ask. So what was the inspiration for for Strags? But I mean, you totally just gave the whole information right there. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. and it goes to show, unfortunately, because I think it shouldn't be that hard, but unfortunately, we all struggle in, at all ages to to fit in, to find the right group of people mm-hmm. who, who are there for you thick and thin, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you're in your in, in elementary school, middle school, high school. I mean, those those days are hard, but then yeah. you still struggle even in college Absolutely, or yeah. in, mm-hmm. in your 20s, 30s, 40s. It's hard sometimes to find dependable people who are open to talking about ugly stuff or situations that you know aren't always the purtiest absolutely and I think that's why for me it was a struggle because I feel like a lot of people in their 20s we just go out to brunch and you know the drinking and all that stuff the party the boat parties and although all those things are fun and there's definitely a time and place for that I felt like that was happening too frequently where we were just suppressing ourselves and I think that that was Mm -hmm. something that felt really numbing to me when I would be in a club and I'm like, we all look so sad. Like we are all just suppressing ourselves with alcohol, but really like, I just saw like sad people, you know? And I felt like, wow, like if I'm walking into a space like this and I'm not really doing the, like Chrissy said, the dirty work, then like, where am I going to end up in the next five, 10 years? And so I think that it's so important for us to like find people who are willing to hear you, see you and acknowledge the fact that you're going through tough things, but like they're there for you to support you and walk through all those things with you, you know? So take me back to that conversation where you guys are like, okay, this could be something. Like, how did that go? How did it even start? Well, it's, it's funny. Back in 2019, I believe it was, I saw this quote, this shareable, and it was like starting a girl gang of women aggressively supporting other women. And if we get enough people, we're totally getting jackets. And I thought it was really cool. And I shared it just really as like a joke, like, yeah, this is my kind of energy. And then I started getting messages and comments from women being like, yes, I'm in. Yes, I want this. Let's do this. When are we starting? And I was like, hmm, like, okay, maybe there's there's something here. And as we started to spend more time together and do things like go kayaking or go hiking, and it brought us so much joy, it was like, you know, like I can't, I can't let this girl gang idea go. I just can't let it go. And I always loved being a part of teams. having teammates and having the community and the friendship and just even that, like going through the hard stuff together, I think brings you together with someone so much better than, Hey, we went to lunch Mm -hmm. and it was like, how could we create this and use adventure as the focal point? Like not just a group of girls that get together around work or a group of girls that, that get together around some sort of other thing, but how can we use adventure to draw people together, create tighter bonds, having gone through that as a, as a group. And I just looked at Trish one day, it was probably, well, our first event was last year. So 2021 in July, probably around April, May, I was like, Hey, like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Are you into help? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Women supporting other women. That's my energy. And it was like, all right, let's, let's do this. So she made us a logo on Canva. <laughs> Everything. YouTube Excellent. University. We're together. Yeah. YouTube university. Yes. And we just, we just figured it out. So our first event was kayaking out in Austin. We had 26 women come out for the the first time. And, and, and this was just like announced on social media or just yeah, like whoever wanted to join. Oh or? yeah. Just social media. Yeah. I mean, we both had pretty good networks from our time in San Antonio and, and being at Orange Theory mm-hmm. and me knowing people from the stars. And that was actually really neat too, because we had so many different women from so many different areas come to, to that kayaking event. And I think what is really cool and what's really special about us is you have groups where it's all entrepreneurs or you have groups that are specifically lesbians or mm-hmm. you have groups for women in their twenties. But I love us because we come together. Like if you're a woman that's down for adventure, you're in. And I think that we learn from each other so much more because now you've got 
you know, a 21 year old straight girl learning from a 54 year old lesbian. And it's like, oh my gosh, where, where else are you going to get these connections? Mm -hmm. Where else are you going to be able to learn from someone like this? And I think that sort of melting pot of women allows for connection and growth and and education in a way that's quite frankly, unrivaled. I don't know where else you're going to get that, that mix of women just surrounding that common denominator of, of adventure. And I think that's why it, it works and that's why it's really cool. Cause as long as you're down to maybe get a little sweaty and challenge yourself, you're, you're welcome here. Absolutely. Take me back to the planning of that very first event, like leading up to it. I mean, what were some, maybe some challenges or things that you had to overcome to be able to even get it off? It was honestly so fun. Like, yeah. although there were like stress factors of like, how are we going to orchestrate and facilitate all this? Like, mind you, Chrissy and I worked at Orange Theory. So she was actually used to leading about 36 people in a class. And so for me, um, being, you know, selling memberships, doing the customer service, like I was always kind of be, you know, that floater, making sure everyone's good. And I also am doing photography as well. So like I would take the photos and I love like anything design related. If it's like aesthetically pleasing, I'm here for it. So definitely both of that combined was just like, this is a party. Like as much as it was work, you know, trying to make sure everyone got there safely, you know, the logistics of it, it felt like we were just creating our first party. Like it was just a, you know, everyone come to Austin. The fact that 26 women showed up and drove to Austin was baffling. I remember us driving and we're just like listening to worship music. Like, I don't know, God, how or why these women are showing up and making this drive. But thank you so much. And the minute it started, it just everything just happened seamlessly. But definitely the planning beforehand, although I think there were some right little bit of frustration Mm -hmm. in terms of just like. I don't know. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know because we had imposter syndrome. Come on, like. No, none of us has ever, you know, created something like this where we're actually right. Like having to post on social media, like no one teaches you any of these things, but we did the dirty work prior. Like, um, you know, we love conferences. We love like Tony Robbins and all the personal development stuff and, you know, following other people on YouTube. And so I think we just tried to learn as much as we can on the front end. And then we're just like, instead of just like learning about it, we need to do it. Like stop talking yeah. about we it. Just need to do it. it at that point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we did so much learning that it was just stupid for us not to do it at that point. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it was so good for us to finally release an event because after that it was just like, oh, why did we wait all this time? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what was that first experience like? It was the coolest thing. It really was. Like I remember standing on the dock. It's actually funny. The the rowing dock in Austin was packed that day. There was a line so far back but we had our group we had our reservation went up to the front and said hey we're here people were kind of like giving us dirty looks like why <laughs> 30 <laughs> women, these cutters 30 women cutting get to in cut the, to front. the front it's like we have a reservation thank you but we we walked up everybody got in their kayak or their stand-up paddleboard and we took off and i just remember feeling absolutely elated like we did it and i didn't know if it was going to catch on i didn't know if it was going to be a thing but at least i could say hey, we held this first event. There's a dream that I had. It didn't stay on the shelf. It actually came out into the the world. It came to fruition. And that was just, that was just beautiful. Like I remember Trish took a picture of me. I had my arms like outstretched wide to the side. You can see the girls in the background. And I just like the biggest grin ever. It was yeah. just incredible. Mm-hmm. I felt so good. Is it awkward at all when, when you, when you get into the adventures? Cause it's people who probably don't even know each other or who have never right. met each other or anything like that. I mean, how do you, how do you guys break the ice? That is a good question. So we like to break the ice by literally calling it an icebreaker because like, honestly, we just use what we have because all that we have is enough. So we used it during our meetings when we worked at Orange Theory. It was just kind of a moment where you start and you're just like, hey, everyone who's here, nobody knows each other. And I know it's awkward and it took a lot of courage for you to just show up. So just know, number one, like applaud yourself that you're here because you already did something super uncomfortable and hard. But number two, you already have something in common because if you showed up, that means that you want to do this event and the person next to you feels the same way. So that already should feel like, okay, I can breathe. 
you know? Yeah. And then after that, I think we asked like, we we've asked ask. all sorts of questions. <laughs> we like, what's your biggest pet peeve? And people really get riled up about that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I hate it when someone cuts me off. And then the girl next, oh, me too, oh, girl. I hate that too. And I hate then that too. Ah, oh, it's a good one. <laughs> it's like when you go to like, I don't know, this is the best example I could think of. Like when you go to the club and you go to the bathroom and then like for some reason you walk out and your best friends, like that moment where we're just talking about pet peeves, like within like five minutes, everyone's just talking to each other like, oh my God, I hate it when this happens. They're like, oh, me too. We just make sure that the first thing that we do is to break the ice, right? Because yeah. they just did something super uncomfortable. You know, um, maybe somebody came alone and we did have somebody that came alone, but she mm-hmm. ended up leaving with someone, found a common interest. You know, maybe some of the questions we'll ask is like, go around and talk about like, what's your favorite thing or what's something on your bucket list that you want to accomplish? Yeah. And somebody would be like, one. oh, I want to go ziplining. The next person, I want to go ziplining too. And next thing you know, they're, they're planning something. And so I think that we make sure that whatever we do before we start an event, we do do that icebreaker. Yeah. And I think it helps too, because we're so vocal about our message and who we are. Like we are women that support other women. We are not here for gossip. We're not here for cattiness. If you come, you're joining a community of women who want to lift other women up. So the girls that have been there from the get-go, the girls that joined kind of midway through, everybody remembers what it feels like to be that first person that's their first time. And we do single them out, not for a way of we want to be like, oh God, it's your first time. But like, hey, we want everybody to know if this is this person's first time, like go make her feel yeah. welcome. Mm-hmm. And the group and is it's always so- nice to be referred to by your name, not like, Hey you, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like name tags yeah. and, mm-hmm. and just really, I think what's cool about it is even though Trish and I created it and we are the leaders, I feel like the girls in it have taken ownership of the group. So if they know that somebody's new, they'll go over and talk to her. Like the women that are showing up to this group want new friends just as much as you do showing up as the first timer. Mm -hmm. And so they're anxious to see, is there a connection? Are we going to be friends? And so they'll, they'll take strides to, to do that. They might be the ones to step out first in that vulnerability, but it's also that idea of, Hey, if you're showing up, like Trish said, you want connection, you want community. And you're probably to some degree to, to say, I don't have this. And so when you come in with that need, wanting to fill it, it, it really helps. Have you guys seen growth from your first event to this last event? And how many of these girls or, or women are people that are returning, you know, that are coming time after time? Yeah, absolutely. So we did our first event in July, like we were talking about. And then since then, we've held really about one, maybe two events per month. And we just did numbers for 2022. So we had seven different events that we held. Um, and some of them are capped, but we had 102 women show up over the first three months of 2022, which was awesome. We had 43 first time members come out, which is just really incredible to have really almost half of the people come out be, be new. And then we've got a bunch of members that come out on a, on a regular basis. I say members, I should say uh, participants, but we have a membership that we launched uh, about a month ago and we've got a good number of women in there. And with the membership, you get discounted on pricing on the events, discounted pricing on merchandise, priority access in terms of signup, and then some exclusive members only events. So you don't have to be a member to come to our events. You just get some more perks that come along with it. One of the reasons why we didn't make membership a requirement, though, was because we understand women have busy lives. And if I say to you, well, you can only join if you pay the fee and you come to every single event, that's going to deter women from coming. We don't want that. We have some women who came to the initial kayaking event and then maybe months later they came to a Spurs event. That's great. Come when you can. Come when your schedule allows it. Come when you need to get your cup filled up. We love that. We don't ever want anyone to feel like if they can't come to absolutely everything that they shouldn't come to, to anything at all. And you said going into that first event, you kind of just winged it in in types, in in terms of like organization and stuff like that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I'm sure that now that you've had several events and you have several events under your belt, you've kind of formed a process now of how you organize these events and how you plan these events. Can you tell us what is the process now of organizing one of these events? For sure. Well, I think first it starts with picking the event that we're going to do. Trish and I scout mm-hmm. every single location that we we utilize. Sometimes they don't make the cut. Um, mm, and that's yeah. that's part of, I think, what you pay for when you come. Because you know that we've already 
handpicked the event. We've curated the experience. Literally, all you have to do is show up. up. Mm -hmm. I remember early on, we had a girl say, you know, I joined this group because I want to do cool stuff, but I wouldn't know where to start. I wouldn't know what place to pick. I don't know who would go with me. So I think that first part is going out and scouting the location, making sure that it's a fit for us. We, we have a certain standard that we attain when we hold these events. You know, we're not just picking something that's run down or, or not classy. We want this to be a, a beautiful experience from top to bottom. Absolutely. So I'd say first we pick the location and then from there we create our event information. So we'll set the pricing for the event. We'll put event right page together and sell tickets from there. And then we do our uh, social media release and get the information out there. So that's kind of the back end of things. And I think a lot of the planning is definitely something that, in all honesty, it took us a while because there's so many things that, you know, these women want to do, but we're like, you know, we want to make sure that this is the right place, right? Like we could have easily said like, let's go, I don't know, like hiking somewhere, but we want to make sure like, okay, God forbid somebody falls, right? Like all those things are very important to us because we want you to have fun, but we want you to be safe, right? And so even going to um, one of the events, we went to obstacle course. We very well could have just ran the obstacle course by ourselves, but we made sure that we included the instructor there because, right, they could tell us techniques on how to do stuff. And so I think a lot of the planning, although it may seem like some fun thing, like we definitely do a lot of the back end work to make sure everything is orchestrated from top to bottom, right? Yeah. Um, same thing with the logistics, making sure you're, you know, where you park is safe because we don't want anything to happen to you, right? When you're like parking somewhere in a random spot, like just everything from top to bottom, we make sure that, you know, all things are handled. Yeah. All you got to do is just show up. That's all it. you got to do is show up. All you got to do is show up. Yeah. Is there anything legal that goes into what you guys do that maybe you're like, oh, in the beginning I didn't know, but you know, come to find out. I'm super, like I told you before, I'm very much DIY. Uh-huh. Like I just kind of wing things, but Chrissy is the opposite, which is why we work together very well. So she's already had the lawyer because I think with mm-hmm. obviously strength and conditioning, you know, these are people's bodies. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? This is something serious. So in the same way that she handles her strength and conditioning, she already has a legal team. Like we, we already got that down. Yeah. We got lawyers to make sure waivers. And that was probably something that I would have thought of, but praise God for you because on our first event, luckily we had that down. We definitely spoke with someone. Hey, are we able to do this? Because at the same time, if I'm charging you something, I want to make sure that I'm charging you for everything. You know what I mean? I'm not just here to get your money. I'm here to make sure that like, it's just like if you go to excursion in Hawaii, right? You're paying for all these things for a reason. And so definitely the waivers are Mm -hmm. super. So there are waivers for your event. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You sign a waiver with us and then you'll sign a waiver of the place that corresponds with where the event is. So for our upcoming one at our water park and cable wakeboarding, you'll sign our waiver and then you'll also sign a waiver for the the spot itself. So how do uh, women that are interested start joining these adventures? Where do they go? How do they how do they become part of the gang? First off, follow us. Follow us on Instagram for sure at Strags Adventure Club. So S-T-R-A-G-S Adventure Club. And then We've got a website too, stragsadventureclub.com, and there's info on the website. Most of our stuff is is really on Instagram and at the link tree in our bio. You can see the signups for the various events and then more information about joining the membership so you can get access to not only all those discounts, I almost forgot, we have an online community as well too. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that I really love about what we've created is the continuation of these events. Like I think about, I can go on an adventure trip in Belize or I can go zip lining in Costa Rica with this women's adventure company. And I think that's great, but how likely am I to stay in contact with that person that I met in Belize? Not very highly. Mm -hmm. So I think what's so great about us is when you have the frequency of the events in the San Antonio, Austin area, you have an online community. The next time you show up to an event, you're like, oh my gosh, like, look, there's Daylene. I saw that she's working on her book or her dissertation. Let me go ask her, how's that thesis going? So I feel like our model allows you to have relationships with women, which are, I think, really what a lot of us are looking for. I don't want to go to an event and be like, oh, that person was cool for one hour and then never talk to her again. What's happening over time with us is women are showing up or they're seeing when they buy a ticket, 
that we'll post really who is all going to the event. So after I do that big long post, like here are the 15 people that have already gotten tickets, get yours. Women will message me and be like, oh, Shauna's coming, yes. So Mm -hmm. having that connection with women, I think really fills up other people's cups. And I just, I totally love that. Yeah, for sure. And they start to follow each other. Like we don't even tell them and they're just right after an event. I mean, you just did something really fun and really epic with someone next to you. Maybe you were in a small group, you got to know them right in between these excursions, like you're having side conversations. And next thing you know, at the very end, they're taking selfies together. They're following each other on Instagram. They're going to their daughter's basketball game. I'm like, first of all, where was my invite? (laughs) Like I wanted to show up to this game too. But like, you know, those are real connections. And then they all live within the same city, right? So in the same way that you're like, you know, going to Belize, like, okay, that person maybe came from like Australia. Like, am I really going to go? You know what I mean? Um, But everything is within the community and that's what we want. Obviously, the adventure is for everyone to meet. But then after that, we want you to actually go out into the world and continue those relationships. Like, this is just the small step for you to actually build those friendships and build meaningful friendships. Because I think with our group, it just allows a space for you to listen to like your inner child. Like, I think too often we have like, those like societal norms where a woman, you know, she's a mom and she's, you know, a sister and she's a daughter and she has all these roles, but like, and she has to behave a certain way. Absolutely. Mm. So we went paintballing girl. There was, I mean, (laughs) think about it. Paintballing. You don't think like a whole bunch of women are going to be out there. Right. And so we were over there holding these little paintball guns Mm -hmm. and whatnot. And it was crazy because one of the women were like, I come here with my son and he plays, but I'm always watching for her to actually be able to attend and actually listen to her inner child say, hey, girl, you know you want to go ahead and rip those balls, okay? <laughs> you know you want to go ahead and press that button and launch. But she was able to not only, like, hear that little girl in her, but she actually, like, listened and actually yeah. went through with Honored it. Honored her. Exactly. And, yeah. like, I think that too often we see our kids having fun. We see other guys having fun, right? Your husband is over there playing with your kids on the jungle gym, and you're just sitting there watching the stroller. You know, we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. So we are here to embrace that inner girl within that's telling her, hey, go be a badass. Yeah. And we are a group for women of all sizes, too. I want anyone who's listening to know if you feel like you're not, you know, five, seven, one forty five or whatever. I don't even I don't even know what the numbers are, but we we are for everyone. And I was just going to ask, please describe the ideal candidate uh, that these events are catered for. If you identify as a woman, period. (laughs) (laughs) And you're over 18. Oh, and over 18. And over 18. Yeah, we don't take minors. This is why we don't take minors. Legal team. Legal team. team. No, it is. It is for any woman who wants to embrace adventure. And I think a lot of times when you look at the fitness industry or even me coming from the strength and conditioning world, like. The fitness industry as, as a whole is very exclusionary. And they say, no, you're not thin enough. No, you're not fit enough. No, you're not X, Y, Z. And that's not who we are. Like, if you want to get out there and try some some cool stuff, we want you. And you can see that reflected in our Instagram. You can see that reflected in our website. And we've had women say, like, when I look at your page, I see women that, that look like me. And that made me feel like I could come out. Because otherwise, I, I never would have. Mm-hmm. I never would have joined. We talk about at the beginning of, of each event our, our ground rules. And one of them is that you are here to honor your boundaries. So if you feel like something is outside of your wheelhouse, don't do it. Don't do it. If that's too much for you, stop. And we also ask other people to honor your boundaries too. Don't get me wrong. We are there to cheer you on. We are there to support you. We want you to try things that you don't think you can do, but there's also a point where you have to say, Hey, this isn't for me. And we want everyone around you to respect that Mm -hmm. as well. So to say that you can come and you can be, you know, any age over 18, any size is that's who we want. That's who we want. And we want maybe even some of those people who have felt excluded from the fitness industry to come and feel included in our adventure company. And don't think that you're not fit enough to do anything. Because I think too often, especially with Chrissy and I, we used to work at Orange Theory. People will come in, they're like, you know what, I'm not going to sign up because I just need to get ready and I need to be fit first. And then I can join. And Mm. that hearing that really broke my heart. Because I'm like, well, if you start, then you'll get to the place where you want to be. So just, I know it's uncomfortable, but if you want to try something, just show up. You know, you might be surprised just even 
the fact that you have balance, right? Like you were too scared to hop onto a cable wakeboard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you realize like, Hey, actually I can do this. So I think that just as long as you embrace the, it's going to be uncomfortable. We're not going to lie. Right. Because yeah. I mean, it's not an everyday thing that someone's zip lining or whatever, yeah. you know, crazy thing that we're doing, but this is definitely something that you don't have to feel like you have to be prepped for. You yeah. show up, you have fun and showing up is already the dirty work that you already yeah. did. So and, and everyone fights their own battles. I remember we had an event not too long ago at a Ninja Warrior obstacle course outdoor place. And there was a girl who was probably fit by society standards, scared of heights. And so to go up and over a, a rope net that was probably seven, eight feet off the ground, like that was very terrifying for her and probably just as terrifying for somebody who feels like, oh, I'm too big to to do X, Y, Z. So I think in those moments too, it can humanize people in a way that society doesn't really give you an an opportunity to, you can see people in a different light. You can see other people confront their, their fears. And it's just really neat. Have, have there been any instances that are maybe engraved in your mind during any of these adventures where you're like, you felt like reassured. Yes, this is what we're supposed to do. This is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. I can say too, we had a single mom move here with her, her daughter after having gotten out of a, uh, an abusive relationship. And she was like, I need to show my daughter that mom is strong. And if I'm going to tell her that she can grow up and do anything that she wants to do and that she's tough and she's capable as a woman, I have to lead by example. And that just, that just to me spoke volumes because I think a lot of times we tell little girls that they're strong, tough, capable, but as we get older, we forget that. Or society tells us that we're not, or we get knocked down so many times and we don't know how to, to get up. I mean, Trish and I were talking about the personal development part at the beginning a lot in terms of our own personal journeys, but that's also something that we incorporate here. Like we do journaling, we do reflection, we do discussion because we're not just here to get together, have fun and then leave. We want you to become the best version of yourself. And like we talked about earlier, that requires some going in deep and and doing the dirty work. So it's not just all fun and games. It's saying, you know, Hey, what are some things that you need to let go? What are some things that you no longer need, will tolerate? Like let's symbolically leave that on the course or let's symbolically conquer that and we have different methods of, of helping you walk through some of those things. But it is about conquering your fear. It is about who you are inside of you. Aside from all those roles, like who who are you? So I think that was one of the, the moments that was really crucial to me. And then we had a second one where a girl told us after the event that when she was in elementary school, she always used to stand at the back of the line in gym class and let other kids cut in front of her because she didn't see herself as athletic. She didn't see herself as, as strong. And after going through that Ninja Warrior obstacle course event, she was like, for the first time in my life, as probably a late 30s, maybe 40-year-old woman, for the first time in my life, I felt athletic. I felt strong. I felt powerful. She was like, you guys changed my life today. That's and awesome. It's yeah. just incredible. Girl, you better make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading a post, I believe you put it, Christy, on one of your pages about, um, I think you were either like trying to get information on a location or make a reservation or something like that. And Mm. uh, the person was commenting about, oh yeah, this would be the perfect thing for you and your husband or you and Mm -hmm. your brother or something like that. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, do you get that a lot? And do you make it a point to, for these adventures to be like out of the norm things that are considered things women should do? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We, we are trying to challenge stereotypes. Mm. We really are to say, yes, women can go paintball. Yes. Women can go cable wakeboarding. It's, I think society tries to tell us who we are or who we should be or how women should act. And I don't think that they're always right. I think there's so much more inside of us that we're capable of, but I think sometimes it takes that shakeup of, an out of the box event or the out of the box experience to really get you to understand that. 
And that's what's so beautiful. And I feel like it also helps the facility too, because they see us rolling in deep with a whole bunch <laughs> of women and they're like, what in the world is right? Like, who are these women with these like, yeah. you know, and I think that it allows people who aren't even participating, right? Maybe some lady who just happens to be there that day that is dropping her son off to play paintball sees a group of us and she's like, huh? Because we do have women who just happen to see us on, you know, wherever at the gym or, and they're just like, Hey, what are you guys doing? Like, what is that? Like, yeah. and you know, and I think that that allows just us showing up in the community allows other women to be like, Hey, I want to be a part of it. Or, Hey, I can do that if they're doing that. Yeah. So whether you're part of it or not, we're here for it. We support you. Yeah. Women. We have women who are former athletes who miss teams. We have women who were never athletes, but want to do something fun. And I just think that being able to shake up the norm allows for more transformation than if, if you wouldn't have otherwise. And I think that that's just so cool. I've always yeah. been a bit of a tomboy, kind of rough and tumble type girl. And I know that there's other women out there like me that want to do this cool stuff, but I could just never find them. And we just had to create it. And now they're coming to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There wasn't yeah. a seat at the table, so we just brought the table. <laughs> and your chairs. And the chairs. And the chairs. And the wakeboards and the kayaks yeah. and the paintball guns, everything. Every well, congratulations, ball. guys. This is so awesome. And Thank you. I mean, what a, what a way to take those situations that you went through, Chrissy, and, and maybe situations that you went through also and, and transform it and make it something so positive to be able to give back to the community. That's that's freaking awesome. I mean, Thank please you. pat yourself on Thank the back. You. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Don't, don't mind. We do. Thank you. And we can't have, we cannot wait till you join us, girl. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. No, yes. You're going to come. Yes. Come I'm out. putting that out there right now. Yeah. So uh, without maybe going, because I don't, I don't want to spoil anything or anything like that, but can you give us a little, maybe so, a few hints of, of the next adventure that you guys are planning and how people can join in on this next adventure? So our next one is on May... Say 21st. Make sure my dates are right. May 21st. Are they usually on the weekends? Question. They usually are on the weekends. We okay. typically hold them on Saturday mornings uh, with an occasional, an occasional Sunday. Yeah. So on May 21st, we are going to a water park and cable wakeboarding spot out in Austin. And we are so pumped about this. We'll be there from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And what I love about this is that we've got two tickets. We've got a ticket that gives you the full experience. You can cable wakeboard, they have kayaks, water slides, rope swings, and inflatable obstacles. You can do everything. Or we've got a spectator ticket. So if you just wanna come, hang out, sit in our private cabana, have some drinks, snacks, mm -hmm. talk with other women, make connections, you totally can. We're not gonna make you pay for absolutely everything, but we wanna give you the opportunity to say, hey, maybe some of that's not for me, but I still want the community, I still want the, the connection of it. So we're really pumped to be able to offer both tickets. So if this isn't your your jam or you got some injuries and you're like, oh, my doctor's gonna kill me if I <laughs> go cable wakeboarding because I'm gonna need surgery again, then we've got another, another option for you. But we're pumped, it's gonna be a beautiful day and we're just excited even to really have a longer event. Typically our events are three, maybe four hours. So by doing this one, it's going to allow more time for some of those private conversations, more connection, more community, Absolutely. and really just give us a way to, to go deeper. So once again, how do women connect with you guys? Absolutely. One, definitely go to our website and be on our um, mailing list. Our, we'll send you emails about upcoming events. Um, you'll be the second line of people who will know, you know any upcoming events that happens because the priority is definitely our membership. So if you want to tap into the membership, definitely do that. You can go on our Instagram at Strags Adventure Club. Um, from there, you can go ahead and uh, become a member and you're going to be on our online platform. So with that, you can actually, you know, share your experiences. You get to on literally on this platform. It's so awesome. They send motivational things every morning, which is awesome. They'll even talk about their podcast that they're reading, their favorite book that they're reading. It's just a cool way for people to stay connected throughout the week. Um, but then obviously from there, we'll also post, you know, any upcoming merch that we have or anything, any upcoming events. So we always tell our members first because you know you're loyal we love you um we still love everybody else but definitely become a member in order to get all of the perks and access to that 
And then if you decide, hey, I just want to show up for one event, stay tuned on our Instagram because we're always constantly posting any upcoming events throughout the month. So we'll usually hold one to two events. But if you're just someone who's just like, I just want to see what we're about, come to the community hike because our community hike is every last Sunday um, at Eisenhower at 11 a.m. 1130. Uh, 1130. Thank God. 1130. So, but I think that 1130 Eisenhower, we're always there on Sundays at the um, last of the month. And it's just a way for everyone to just enjoy the weather, but also for you to actually like get to know, like, who are these people? Like, what do we do? Because we don't just walk and hike. Um, Like I said, all ages are welcome as long as you're 18 and up. No, you know, we're not going to be going up some crazy mountain or anything, but um, throughout the hike, we definitely have moments where Chrissy likes to debrief and we talk about like, right, like our three minute meditations. And so we kind of like, although we do walk and talk with one another, there are moments where we still integrate that personal development. So I think it's a good way for people who are still afraid to just show up to an event. It allows that entry of barrier to not be so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Trish said, we have that free hike that we host at the end of the month. But when you do go to our Instagram page and use the link in the bio to sign up for an event, we have a special offer if it's your first time. So first time adventurers get 50% off their first paid event. And you can use the code first time 50, all straight as one word, first time 50, 50 meaning the number to save 50% on your first paid event. That's so awesome. Well, congratulations, ladies, once again. I think what you're doing is awesome. It's freaking awesome. So I hope that 2022 continues (laughs) 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 to be good to you. Um, I hope that you guys have so many more adventures that are successful and, and make friendships of all these women yes. that are joining you guys and i'm very yes. excited i will be joining yes. you guys Absolutely. very soon so i'm i'm looking forward to this adventure that yes. i will be joining you guys on she's like what's after the water park yeah, basically what <laughs> no, else next? anything anything on a sunday because okay. saturdays i work but Perfect. sundays i'm good to go all right, awesome. all right. well we so. do we do alternate so some events will be saturday some are sunday because we do get that we yeah. also like to go to church and stuff like mm-hmm. that so we'll definitely mix it up yeah. um just because we know you know there's definitely yeah. healthcare workers people that can yeah. work on yeah. saturday exactly so we'll switch it up for you girls so you sounds can attend good. on a sunday yeah, sounds you. good thank you so much again <laughs> once again for being here with us thank you for listening please subscribe to the channel share this episode in your social media and once again thank you so much for your love your support to the savage podcast this episode was brought to you by savage coffee company located at 12221 alamo ranch parkway Mwah.